to the High Gravity Sessions with Chris Darum. And I'm Matt Black. We're two craft beer enthusiasts located in Williamsburg, Virginia, and we discuss Hampton Roads beer news, Virginia beer news, and major national and international beer trends. We make each other taste things and explore the limits of science when it comes to beer. So, yeah, we're back. Sorry about the two-week hiatus. Wife had surgery. You had a kid show up. Um, he didn't just show up. This was planned. <laughs> it's not like he was left in a basket on my doorstep. No, it was a bird. A bird dropped. Of course. Uh, so yeah, I've uh, it's been a while, uh, but we got a big, big, juicy episode for you. This is our Labor Day extravaganza yeah. and a summer blowout, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so Chris, what have you been up to? Well, as mentioned, I. Uh, had a kid show up. No, my yeah, kid show. my my son was with me for the past week. A wild child has appeared. Well, he's, he's been wild forever. But hey, uh, no, I had my son for the past week, and so uh, been spending a lot of time with him. Did get to go out to Virginia Beer Company on Thursday for trivia. Uh, yeah, where I got to uh, have the their thirty nine words, their beer dedicated to the nineteenth uh, Amendment, the uh, women's suffrage, and so. Uh, that's a saison with blueberry, raspberry, and lemon zest. So it was quite tasty. Chris, let me stop you right there. Oh. It's advertised as a super saison. Super saison. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do not know if that is if that is recognized, but it is proclaimed a yes. super saison. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, I haven't done much. Uh, my wife had surgery. Uh, we've been doing recovery. Been walking around. Yes. The neighborhood. Uh, we picked some crabs a few Saturdays ago when our uncle was in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pressure washing. Uh, uh, we won trivia the two times at VBC. Um, I have lost trivia uh, the last two times at the other place I do trivia yes. on Wednesdays. Uh, I drank some beers. Drank some beers. Drank some beers. They were good beers. For the most part, yeah, pretty good beers. So, uh, Chris, you brought the beer we are drinking this week. What do we got? And we have a nice summer beer from Licking Hole Creek Farmhouse Brewery. This is Licking Hole Creek Craft Brewery. They they toss farmhouse in there sometimes. They, they it is advertised as Virginia's first farmhouse brewery. Yes. So, but it is their watermelon goza. Uh, not too sweet. It's uh, nice and refreshing. I'm going to debate you on that one, because it's pretty sweet, well, um, but I like it. I, like I mean, it's it. not um, like a Jolly Ranch. No, no, no. It's close. It's close, but I like it. Uh, and I've always liked Licking Old Creek. The Brewer's Notes they put out on Untapped, uh, it is their first kettle sour at Licking Old Creek, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah, they've only really done Saison. Like, the furthest they've gone is just Saisons. Um, this is the first time I've, they've ever done goes. Uh, we brew this traditional German-style wheat ale to tantalize the senses. Expect a light and crisp beer with notes of sour, salt, and juicy watermelon whirling around your taste buds. As always with our estate series, we use hundreds of pounds of grain that was grown and harvested right here on our farm. Yeah, I would have done a lot of watermelons to pull this one off, yes. I think. Uh, so, but, I but they still they still they still use some grains from the brewery. Yeah, That's I figured good. this would be a good one to close out the summer on. Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm wearing white, wearing my white belt because it's the last day I can. I almost wore seersucker today, and I didn't. Um, 
I still have my blazer upstairs. Maybe I, I go out later tonight with it. Well, there we go. And then burn it at midnight. And don't love burning. I don't love burning. Uh, so, well, Matt, so there the, are there are three types of people in the in the beer system. There's people who make the beer, people who d- distribute the beer, and the people who drink the beer. These are their stories in our Brew and Order segment. Be a sound effect. No, no, no. If it's already played, it's gonna sound awesome. And also, also legally distinct from the Law and Order sound effect. It is not that sound effect. No, I created it on my own uh, to be uh, similar yet discernible and different enough. Yeah. So, uh, in lieu of international and national beer news, we are discussing um, some interesting legal things going around uh, nationally. Regarding order and law, <laughs> uh, so, definitely beer. So, yes. uh, so the first story um, is Breakside Brewery of Portland implements an employee stock option program to avoid big beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is from BizJournals.com. Um, Breakside Brewery is about ten years old. They opened in twenty ten. You get burnt out and you start. You start looking at the other side and think, how do I how do I slow this down? How do I make my life easier? Once again, this is a story that we've told before that we'll tell again. <laughs> it's a tale's old time. But what I like about this is that this brewery took a novel approach. Yeah, it's a happier. So yeah, uh, he was considering doing the thing. Um, he had met uh, with a handful of bigger organizations and private equity firms. Uh, but then he uh, came across another option, um, which was an employee stock ownership plan. I'm impressed. I've never heard of this brewery, but they have 160 employees. That is a uh, it's a little more than a small army. Yeah, this is this is this is good man people, and apparently they have uh, a lot of those employees are long term employees. So it's not just like any random Joe off the street who's been working for a month. Yeah, yeah. So he sold 30 percent of his shares to. Uh, 3% of his shares in the company to a trust that he set up by the company. Uh, the shares have been distributed, distributed in employee retirement accounts, which are cashed out when employees leave the company. Employees who work a minimum number of hours qualified to be a part of the ESOP, so most folks who work at Brinkside benefits. Now, they're not the first. No, no. Um, the biggest one I notice is Deschutes, yes. which is cool. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a good story. Um, you know, it really, sh- as Lawrence says, uh, the ESOP shouldn't change much of the day, day-to-day going on to Breakside. I mean, so hopefully it'll make what he sees, hopefully it'll make what he sees as a great company even better. Uh, I think having all staff be owners and able to enjoy the growth will incentivize them to be even more committed to what they do and be even more fine-tuned as a result Good for them. Good for them. Also good to know here that the 30% set up for in the trust actually meets the IRS requirement to be, make it tax-free. So he's essentially making the same amount of money he would have if he sold out to a larger firm and then paid X amount of taxes. He's doing the same here, and he's just reinvesting in the company rather than selling out. This is... Hashtag smart, man. This Hashtag is, smart. This is... Uh, I want to say a good example of 21st century uh, small corporate ownership. Yeah. Using the weapons of 
The large. Does it benefit the small? Is that good? Is that maybe I'm wrong on that? It, we'll edit that out. The, the, uh, the, well, the, the analogy and the metaphor is good. Uh, it could be fine tuned, but we're here to talk about beer, not about the semantics and the uh, eloquence of All right. corporate poetics. Second on the docket. Second on the docket. Miller of Coors versus Stone Dispute. Dispute. Miller Coors v. Stone Dispute draws near an end as both sides file for summary judgment. Uh, this is from Libation Law Blog. Okay. Uh, well, I blog. Uh, LibationLawBlog.com, uh, which we discovered at the end of the last episode. It's great. I've been following the story a little bit, and it's it's an expert level or an expert lesson on. Well, it's it's an example of why registering your trademark is important, and to to protect your trademarks, you have to. You have to defend them. Yes. You can't just let them be eroded by other people using the terms. So, those not aware, a few years ago, Keystone Light began uh, putting stone on the side of the cans. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were shortening it. They were running a national ad campaign with a mascot called Teeth Stone. But you'd look at these blue cans, and on the side it would say, Stone. Yes. Uh, stone brewing um, had a problem with that, and um, has sued them. Um, this is a fun little bit from Stone's brief. Uh, confusion is also likely because consumers do not exercise a high degree of care when buying beer. When it comes to beer and other alcoholic beverages, courts consistently have held the degree of consumer care is low. Fleischmann Distilling Corps, yeah. Note. Yeah, I can I can put up the uh, court reference in, yeah. in the notes, but really this is but, really for so the yeah, law nerds these, and these two studies um, confirming these judicial assessments. Both sides agree that consumers exercise a low degree of care when purchasing beer. Miller Coors uh, proffered beer marketing expert Michael, Michael Kallenberger yes. wrote in his report and testified that consumers buying beer make quick decisions between brands as they browse the beer aisle. Stone's marketing expert Brandon uh, Hernandez confirms that the tendency for the public to generalize beer, coupled with the beverage's relative low cost, renders it a consumable for which shoppers exercise less care when purchasing. According to, accordingly, there is no dispute that the degree of consumer care is low, favoring Stone. Yeah, pretty much what is this, this is saying is that as a matter of course, matter of course in determining the legality of it, going for the general beer consumer, not the general craft beer consumer, but the general beer consumer, because if you're going to argue that Keystone is craft beer, I will <laughs> smack you down in court. I don't even have a... I'm not barred anywhere. I'll do that. I'll figure it out. Yeah. But uh, it's saying that in the beer market, because is because beer is a relatively low-cost uh, purchase, you don't need to exercise a great amount of care. Because what's what's... Throwing ten dollars away on a six pack, you realize you didn't like. What have you? So they are protecting the brand, but also uh, having their. If you read the briefs, or at least the opening statements from a few years ago, you have Miller Coors admitting that there's no way that anyone would confuse Stone's products for their products because they actively say our products aren't as good. 
<laughs> in in a matter of legalese, uh, these are the opening statements from about a year ago. Yes, um, it's a fun read. You should read them. Next on the docket, Chris. On the docket, we have a settlement between Kenarchy and Guns and Roses. So Kenarchy, if you're unfamiliar, is the uh, mother company of Oscar Blues. So Oscar Blues out of Fort Collins, Colorado, a pioneer in canned craft beer. Yes, they are Fort Collins. I don't even need to look it up. I know they're Fort Collins. Um, They formed uh, their own private equity group. They have a few breweries that Mm -hmm. are part of this. Small, really small operations. And so they are Canarchy. Yes. Now, they're on the other side of copyright. Um, Oscar Blues, um, following the trends of local... Uh, following, following national trends in beer and cider, decided to do a rosé-style beer. Once again, I'm going to make, make a pedantic remark. It is uh, trademark, not copyright. Trademark. Yes. <laughs> it, it says that in the words. Sorry, I'm reading from the... No, but this, is, the this is most definitely trademark. This yeah. Is. So, they're selling Guns and Rosé. Um, and this gains the attention of a band... Um, called Guns N' Roses. You might have heard of them. Uh, <laughs> Guns N' Roses, whose general partners include singer Axl Rose, uh, guitarist Slash, and bassist Duff McKagan, accused Oscar Blues on May 9th of deliberately trading off its fame and goodwill by selling Guns N' Roses starting in early 2018. It also objected to the sale of related t-shirts, stickers, buttons, and bandanas, saying Oscar Blues confused beer drinkers into thinking Guns N' Roses and Guns N' Roses were connected. But Guns N' Roses has settled a lawsuit, uh, I think it was just a private settlement. Yeah, lawyers for the band and the brewery did not immediately respond to Tuesday's uh, separate request for comments. I think pretty much from what I'm seeing just here on this brief synopsis, uh, that Oscar Blues is going to pay some some amount saying that they did use the Guns N' Roses trademark uh, and use that the goodwill and the market recognition earned by that to yeah. help sales of the Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Uh, settlement. It's settlement. This is a smart thing to do because you drag this out in court. I think Guns N' Roses would win. Well, <laughs> they would win, and they also, I think, have the uh, financial backing of, say, a large record company to help them protect their mark. Whereas us. Dare you say chi- maybe a, a Chinese democracy? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> but anyway, it's a terrible it's, joke. It's. it's, it's, it's <laughs> But this is, uh, I mean, the big takeaway out of this is that Axl Rose has pink hair now. And yes. you know what? I actually see this as part of their their uh, case. Because now his hair is a rosé. They are guns in a rosé. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so, yeah. Um, the last in... Last, last on the docket. Last on the docket. Brings this us a little closer. A little closer home. And I'd say this is probably something that we're going to look... Be monitoring for the next year or two at least. Yeah. So, those of you who have been fan of Bell's Brewery, who long for a Bell's Too Hearted Ale, and realized you can't find it in your local grocery store, or beer store, wherever you buy your beer. And if you do find it, it's probably really old, and you shouldn't drink. You shouldn't. <laughs> or maybe you should just to be bold. But yeah, 
That's not my recommend recommendation. That's not Matt's recommendation. You can be a man of science. Yes, yeah, so you can be a man of science or a man of daring, if you will, or woman of daring. We're not here yeah. to discriminate based on gender or, or any other criteria. All we're saying is that Bell's has not been in stores for a while in Virginia, and it's a <clears throat> shame. Yeah, uh, it's been a hot second. It was right before, um, right before release of. Honey Double IPA. Oh, I can't remember. Hop Slam. Oh, the Hop, hop slam. slam. So hops. It was right around Hop Slam season. Um, Hand Roads. We actually got a little bit of Hop Slam. Yeah. Not much, but some. Yeah. But it was shortly before that that Bell's decided after the purchase of Premium Distributors of Virginia by Reyes. Holdings, yeah. um, who, who, who bought uh, Loveland Distributing Company. They're the ones. Loveland's the oh yes, Loveland was under contract to be sold by Premium Distributors, and and then yeah, when when Loveland was sold to Reyes, Bell's and Reyes can come to a, to an agreement under the terms to sell under Premium. It's personal though, yeah. Uh, so yeah, they pulled it. They announced they were leaving the states. Um, now Bell's is not distributed exclusively by Reyes throughout the state. It was really only the, maybe the Richmond market, mm. but that was enough for them to say no way, Jose. This is you know this is not a new thing. This is not a new conflict between Reyes and Bell's, um, but for Virginia it is. Yes, um, or just a new battleground for yeah. it. I am as far from a Bell's fanboy as possible. Um, I identify that it is a good brewery. I will buy a Hop Slam. I'll even I'll even buy like one over on six pack of summer. Like it's not a go to, but I appreciate it. It's one of the older you, brewers. You, you can't east of the Mississippi. You can't deny the, their excellence in brewing. Yes, whether you like it or not, you you have to recognize that they make a good product. They make they're good ambassadors to craft beer in general. Yes. And so we are missing out by not having them in Virginia. Yeah. The legal process for this could take years. Um, like any good legal process. And it could mean that Bells never comes back. Uh, Virginia beer franchise laws that bind brewers to distributors are considered favorable to distributors. And Bells said that if Bells wins the case, it could set a precedent for future disputes between brewers and distributors in the Commonwealth. This is from Larry Bell, the owner. Uh, the gist of this is if we win this, we're going to blow a hole in the Virginia franchise law. Bell said it's going to change the brewer-wholesaler relationship in the state of Virginia. I think we have a decent shot. So yeah, there's now a, a debate of where in Virginia it's supposed to be. Case is supposed to be held. It looks like it's being moved to Richmond Circuit Court. This, this is going to be tied up. No one's willing to budge. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of legal maneuvering. And the sort of thing where Bells has done this sort of thing before with the state of Illinois. Yes, back in 2006, um, Bells, under, uh, under a similar situation, a distributor was being bought up by Reyes, and Bells said no. Nah. Uh, I'm including a little insert or excerpt from the Chicago Reader. Uh, this is from back in 2006. Uh, Bells was worried that CBS um, would push only the beers that it that had the potential to sell widely. Uh, CBS is the distributor that got purchased by Reyes. 
It's a not, not America's Most Watched Network. No, the, Don, the Tiffany Network. The yes. Tiffany Network. I would push only the beers that had the potential to sell widely, like Oberon or Bell's Amber Ale, and neglect his more obscure varieties. He didn't feel reassured when he met with CBS executives in August. They asked what the history of the company was, and I said, well, haven't you looked at the websites? Side note, their website is actually very well done and includes a full backlog of past beers they've done. Normally, when you see a distributor, they say, we've gone out and tried the beers, and we're very excited about selling Oberon. There was none of that. The answers to their questions about carrying all the brands were extremely unenthusiastic. But Bells did return two years later to Illinois. He state that directly borders Which Michigan, which is where they are located, and includes in Kalamazoo, includes the the, the hamlet of Chicago, yeah. you know, where I've heard they've drank a beer or two, but who knows? Anyway, so, so that concludes our uh, brew and order segment today. Anyway, and so there are some things. There are things. There's there's some law stuff happening out there. Um, it's pretty interesting. Looks like everything we discussed in the podcast. It, it tends to be pretty interesting. Yes. All right. And then when we come back, we'll get into our Virginia Beer News. And now into Virginia Beer News. This one's a big one. Ooh. Beer sales at Virginia College and University sporting events. Uh, this is an article uh, from the local daily press. However, they are specifically discussing... Um, the plans to sell beer, wine, and hard cider at Beverage Gardens located uh, inside Scott Stadium at UVA. The gardens will open to the public 90 minutes before kickoff and will include water and light snacks. The venue will issue guests of legal drinking age bracelets, which will allow the purchase of two drinks at once and no more than four total during a game. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all alcohol must be consumed inside the perimeter of each beverage garden, and sales will end at the conclusion of the third quarter. Uh, Florida State, Illinois, and Arkansas also will begin selling alcohol at home games this year, as will in-state program James Madison, Richmond, and William & Mary, and ACC rivals North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest. Virginia Tech sells beer and wine. Um, I guess has been selling beer and wine. Um for, for a bit. And, yeah, and they're club sections, but not, not necessarily open to general public. Yes. Now, according to a story published by in December by Forbes, fewer than 12 college football venues across the country sold alcohol 10 years ago. The NCAA approved alcohol sales at championship events in April 2018. Now more than 50 stadiums nationwide will offer adult beverages. May programs hope alcohol sales will help boost sagging attendance and revenue numbers. Others hope it will curtail binge drinking at tailgate parties. Uh, so, Chris, you got thoughts on this? I mean, this is links to my general thoughts about college athletics. No money goes to the students, and that's still not good. Everyone else is allowed to make money off college athletics, but not mm-hmm. the athletes, not the people actually performing, the talented athletes performing on field, getting none of the money. Yeah. Yeah, uh, William & Mary was in on the sales this past weekend um, with their brand new Tribe Tavern inside the stadium. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, William & Mary didn't need to have a Tribe Tavern. They literally have bars literally across the street from the stadium. Not- I have tailgated in the 
grassy knoll of the alumni house. Exactly. There's plenty of places to drink beforehand. I'm guessing most people will continue to do that. But it's also difficult if you want to have a beverage and enter the stadium because there's no re-entry. Yes. That is, that, this is a big benefit to that where you don't have to leave the confines of the stadium, which I think is silly. But uh, silly. <laughs> and also, you're going to be paying stadium prices for these beers. Yeah, I can't remember. They offered a deal where I think if you bought multiple, you bought multiples, you got a deal. Like I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if William and Mary was was following the no more than four total. Um, I, that seemed like a UVA specific situation. It didn't seem like something the ACC was or the NCAA um, was pushing for. I, I think it'll help ish. It'll, it'll make it, it'll make the pain less when William and Mary doesn't do as well. Yeah. Uh, but they did win this week. They so. won this week. So go try it against Lafayette high school. No, the co- it was Lafayette college, but yeah. it just said Lafayette. And there was a local high school called Lafayette high school that I was like, Oh, William and Mary's playing high school. They might have a chance. Oh, and now sports talking. <laughs> I don't know anything. No, else. yeah, this is this is the depth of our sports talk here. That's it. That's 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 it. Um, so next up, and this is something that's very close to me: the Hardywood Gingerbread Stout Complete Set Sales uh, begins September twenty third at nine a.m. All right, take a deep breath and go over what they're bringing. One, uh, <laughs> I, I inhaled too hard. One. 500 milliliter, the original gingerbread stout, 9.2% ABV, imperial milk stout, a Virginia-grown Hawaiian white ginger and local wildflower honey, 100 rating beer advocate magazine, 2012 bronze medal, urban spice beer, world beer cup, top 25 milk stouts in the world, beeradvocate.com, one, 500 milliliter Christmas morning, gingerbread stout with locally roasted Mexican Chiapas coffee, top 25 milk stout in the world, beeradvocate.com, 2015 gold medal, specialty beer, rate beer, best beer. If you're best. Yes. One. 500 milliliter Christmas pancakes, 9.2% ABV gingerbread stout, will make syrup outstanding great beer advocate.com. Yes. One. 16 ounce canned gingerbread porter, 9.2 ABV imperial porter with local white ginger, local wildflower honey, lactose free. New. One. 500 milliliter buffalo fluffy ginger. <laughs> I'm doing my, I'm trying to do my best uh, yeah. auctioneer voice. One 500 milliliter fluffy GBS 9.2% ABV gingerbread sabotage marshmallows new complete ex- exclusive look. Now if there was a buffalo GPS that'd be something. One 500 milliliter frosted GBS 9.2% ABV imperial white milk stout with a local white ginger and local wildflower honey with coffee and cacao nibs for flavor new complete set exclusive. One 750 milliliter bourbon barrel GBS 11.5 ABV gingerbread stout aged in combination of Abe Smith Bowman and Heaven Hill bourbon barrels 2017 gold medal by style rate beer best top 20 milk stouts in the world beeradvocate.com. One 750 milliliter Kentucky Christmas morning 11.5% ABV gingerbread stout aged exclusively in Kentucky's own Heaven Hill barrels with a locally roasted Mexican Chavez coffee top 10 milk stout in the world beeradvocate.com. One 750 milliliter apple brandy mega. Mega, mega GBS, 13.5% ABV, double imperial milk stout, aged 13 months in Laird's Apple Brandy Barrels. New. 
one 750 milliliter triple barrel GBS 13.5% ABV gingerbread stout aged 11 months brandy barrels and aged 4 months and A. Smith Bowden bourbon barrels and a half Caribbean rum barrels one Christmas Island 11.5% ABV Caribbean rum barrel aged gingerbread stout with toasted coconut new completes it exclusive one 750 milliliter Kentucky Christmas pancakes 11.5% ABV gingerbread stout aged bourbon barrels and local maple syrup new completes it exclusive one 2019 GBS commemorative take you glass new completes it exclusive cost $75 plus tax your purchase is non-refundable. That sounds delicious. Once upon a time I thought I could do that professionally and then I stopped. So yes, um, I would say I'm this is interesting. Uh, they definitely went with some choices that are Exciting. I like the new products that they've come out. Well, ish, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to like the new. Um, uh, last year, I did do the purchase. Um, it was very complicated because they started the purchasing at 2 p.m. It took me 30 minutes because the website kept crashing um, because they were their servers were not ready for Hundreds of people yeah. to be trying to click on the same thing. It really was like a war of attrition. It was like trench warfare. Oh. I got click on something, looked like I was making a step, and then it would be like DNS server timeout. And then I would I'd go back, I'd click again, and it was it was a crawl. It took me 30 minutes. I remember jumping. I, I was taking a nap. And I jumped out of bed. My wife was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I need to do this now, right now, today. Because in past years, it completely sold out in a matter of hours. Hours, And I don't want to take any risks. Exactly. But what I learned is that I, I probably could have waited a couple hours. <laughs> because they make the, the complete stout, the complete sets, make a lot of. Um, I want to say they, well, for family tree members, you have the chance to purchase two complete sets. Which, I guess, that's cool. Um, <laughs> it's worth the price of admission. Yeah, it? yeah. Um, you do have to pick it up at their uh, location, West Creek, which is fine because it was my first time I had ever gone there. Yes. Um, and I would say the purchase was valuable. I, I really enjoyed the things. I enjoyed, the, enjoyed almost all of them. Uh, I was one of the lucky ones, though. I was missing my Mega GBS. What is that? Why would you say lucky? So I come home. I had been home for about 30 minutes. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a photo of all the boys. We got all these boys. We're going to get these 10 boys in a photo together. And I noticed I was missing my Mega GPS. And I immediately took it. Well, I took the photo. And I immediately messaged um, my sales rep. I ended up getting an extra Kentucky Christmas morning, um, which those of you who are not in the know, that was the Last beer I consumed as a single man before my wedding. Yes. Uh, that beer holds a very special place in my heart. Um, so I ended up with two of those, but I didn't have like one of the set exclusives. But I sent a message to my rep. He says, hey, email our quality control people. I emailed them. Um, they were very prompt. Um, they had a response to me in less than 24 hours. Um, I wasn't going to be able to pick the beer up. Uh, for a week because I was going out of town and they said oh don't worry um, we'll have it for you when are you coming back and I was like oh I'm flying back in this day they're like oh well don't go to West Creek that's going to be too long we'll have it for you waiting at the downtown location I was like 
Thank you. And I was like, what do I do with this extra Kentucky Christmas morning? They were like, our fault. It's it's yours. So I got an extra Kentucky Christmas morning out of it. Um, it was, I believe I talked to them. It, they did not really have any other problems with packaging. So I really... Interesting. <laughs> I really did luck out on, on that one. Um, I will say it's a little sad not seeing the Caliente gingerbread stout. That was um, like a Mexican spice gingerbread right. stout that was in one of the 500 milliliter bottles. Um, I it really was just it was so good. Um, and so it's a little shocking to see that that didn't get carried over. Well, maybe, maybe they're cycling some in, some out. Yeah. Um, Christmas pancakes was th- was there last year. Um, that was Christmas pancakes was all right, but like I would have taken, <laughs> I would swap it out for Caliente GDS if I'm being um, honest. And honestly, like so, the cost is 175 dollars with tax. I think it ended up coming out to like 202 dollars, 212, right. something like that. Um, You're getting your money's worth. Though. Yeah, uh, it's it's totally worth it. You know, take a glass. Wholesale cost on a teku for brewer, like if you are a business and you are trying to buy a teku, that's an eight dollar glass right there. Like, yes, just the glass at wholesale price is eight dollars. Um, they're probably doing gold rim on it. Yeah, nine dollars now. Um, I think it's worth it. Um, past years, you know, people would kind of run around. Trying to get all the beers, and they'll be they'll be releasing these beers. Like a lot of these beers, they will be releasing in waves, starting in no, like November, the first week of November. And like I've done the rat race where you run around to bottle shops trying to trying to get it. Um, it sucks, and for the ability to pay a flat fee and not have to make sure you're in Richmond waiting in line. Yeah. At three o'clock for a seven o'clock release, like it, just, it makes sense. It makes sense. I talked about this a lot. Sorry, I talked about it a lot. I'm not sorry. I talked about it a lot. Um, I I would endorse it. Um, they sell a couple thousand of these now, um, and it's a fantastic excuse. Yeah, their va- their availability is better than in years. Then, oh my god, so much better. Um, I slept on it once, and uh, it was the next day. I really, and they were like, "Sold out." Anyway, anyway. Uh, also, Hollywood Craft Brewery's eighth anniversary is Saturday, October twelfth, which segues to our next story. Because that's not the only thing happening on Saturday, October twelfth. Uh, it is the only thing happening from one to nine p.m. As the seven five seven battle for the beers will be taking place uh, at Camp Pendleton in Virginia Beach on October twelfth, twenty nineteen. From 1 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. So if you don't get bombed out at 757 Battle of the Beers, you can make it up to Ironwood. Uh, <laughs> Probably not the best. Don't. Yeah, just so. Um, so, yeah, this is a pretty sweet um, festival. Um, it's a partnership between Beach Ambassadors, um, which is like a, I want to say it's like a young, it's like a, Young professionals type group. Right. Um, I applied to be. Uh, they had some business applications where you'd say, "Oh, you're someone in Hampton, a young business owner in Hampton Roads." Yeah, you take over our Twitter account for the for the day. Right. Um, they already filled up on all their slots, but they had expressed that, "Oh yeah, we'd love to do this again." Uh, so yeah, it's them. It's Beach Ambassadors, B 
beer magazine and Virginia Craft Beer Magazine. Um, it's formed to streamline and strengthen the area's award-winning and only 757 exclusive beer festival. Uh, these two publications really do an amazing job through both local and craft beer and non-profit coverage. They bring many benefits and abilities that we previously didn't have to the table, says Sean Fisher, the event chair for Beach Ambassadors. Um, so yeah, uh, pro proceeds from this year's event will bury St. Will not bury Christ. Will benefit St. Mary's Home, Hope Foundation, Hope House Foundation, and other local nonprofits chosen by the participating brewers. Uh, full brewers listing event details um, were announced in May. Um, I haven't looked at the list this year. Uh, but last year's category winners included Big Ugly Brewing Company, Benchtop Brewing Company, and Deadline Brewing. Oh, here I can go over the uh, participating craft brewers, at least from uh, this is last year. My fault. I'm looking. I'm yeah, I'm reading. I was. This is from the press release this year that said that they'd have everything announced in May, with tickets being available online starting June first, twenty nineteen. Um, yeah. uh, in twenty sixteen, they had over fifteen hundred attendees. Um, they helped raise over $20,000 for four local charities. Okay, here we go, here we go. Here are the, the 33 announced uh, brewers. Oh, we got 33. 33. So, we are starting with Aleworks Brewing Company from Williamsburg, Back Bay Brewing in Virginia Beach, Bearded Bird Brewing Company in Norfolk, Benchop Brewing Company in Norfolk, Big Ugly Brewing Company in Chesapeake, Bold Mariner Brewing in Company in Norfolk, Brick and Mortar Brewing Company in Suffolk, Bull Island Brewing Company in Hampton, Cape Charles Brewing Company in Cape Charles, Commonwealth Brewing Company Virginia Beach, Seattle Cans Brewing Company in Norfolk, Deadline Brewing Project Virginia Beach, Elation Brewing Company in Norfolk, this is a new entrant, uh, Farmhouse Brewing Company in Virginia Beach, another new entrant, The Garage Brewery in Chesapeake, another new entrant, Home Republic Virginia Beach, Makers Craft Brewing Company in Norfolk, another new entrant, Momac Brewing Company in Portsmouth, New Rome Brewing Company in Virginia Beach, O'Connor Brewing Company in Norfolk, the Oozle Finch Craft Brewery in Fort Monroe, Pleasure House Brewing Company in Virginia Beach, Precarious Beer Project in Williamsburg, Rip Rap Brewing Company in Norfolk, Reaver Beach Brewing Company in Virginia Beach, Sly Clyde Hampton Roads from Hampton. Uh, they are, although they are not eligible for any beer awards, but since they make ciders. But, oh, they're probably just there to show off. Yeah, they're there to show off. They understand they make cider and not beer. It's so interesting good. they made that distinction. Yes. <laughs> Keep on and going. Smart Mouth Brewing Company from Norfolk. Uh, St. George Brewing Company in Hampton. Tradition Brewing Company in Newport News. Virginia Beer Company in Williamsburg. KCL Beer Co and Spirits Company in Hampton. Yeah. Vasserhund Brewing Company in Virginia Beach. And Young Veterans Brewing Company in Virginia Beach. Yeah. Uh, Seal is um, the vanguard. Mm. That's their that's their brewing, the uh, brewing and spirits aspect of the Vanguard, which is okay. a massive venue. And, and well, that's an impressive lineup right there. Uh, yeah. Uh, just made the made the distinction for Sly Clyde, but I still like seeing Sly Clyde there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, this is their... Seventh annual? Seventh annual. Uh, they didn't release the numbers on the, on the sixth, but in 2017, for their fifth event... Um, they raised over thirty thousand dollars yes. for local charities. Yeah. General admission fifty dollars. Uh, day of event will be sixty dollars. Uh, designated driver non-drinking tickets are twenty dollars, and very limited VIP tickets for eighty dollars. Only available in pre-sale. Yeah. Uh, two beers. Each brewery is bringing two beers to this. 
So two that's, times so that's 66 beers. That's, that's a 66 bottles of beer on the wall. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, I thought it was on Sunday, um, and I couldn't go. But if it's on a Saturday, I might be able to go. Yeah. If, I, if I don't go to Hardy, I probably won't go. Well, we'll see Hardy what happens. Yeah, I got I got stuff going on the side, guys. Uh, so the last story, um, and it's one at the very last minute that I wanted to include, um, is from Charlottesville. Uh, Waterbird Spirits uh, is a new Charlottesville-based canned cocktail company. Ooh. Um, they will begin their distribution this month. Um, while they do not have a license to offer tastings on site, um, they will be distributing... They uh, put in the Seville article, article that I cited um, that it would start appearing in local supermarkets by the end of September. Uh, and they'll have a space on Water Street in Charlottesville open for tours in 2020. Um, the owner, uh, Wilson Craig, he want, he was living in New York, didn't quite want to do his dad, the work that his dad was doing, um, banking, I believe it was banking, um, and he wanted to return to New York, sell down in Charlottesville, and launch the business in the city he knows and loves. Uh, his father liked the idea, and he helped his son get started, and now after a whirlwind startup, Waterbird Spirits. I'm not sure I actually said their name yet. Waterbird Spirits is cranking out tens of thousands of 12-ounce canned vodka and sodas and Moscow mules um, from a shop at the corner of Water and West 2nd Streets um, with four packs uh, priced at $13.99. So we've talked about sparkling seltzers. We've talked about hop water. Hop water. We've talked about cannabis-infused, non-alcoholic beverages, um, but to actually have a local company starting a, uh, a canned cocktail. Um, It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, Charlottesville. I, I would have expected that from, like, Virginia Beach. I mean, no, but I'm being, I'm being elitist. I'm being elitist. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's interesting. And... Maybe a future men of science. Yes, uh, definitely something we can um, look into. Yeah. Uh, but it's news. It's news. It affects the spirit. It affects the beer community of Charlottesville. So look forward to that. And I think that'll wrap up our Virginia beer news segment. Yeah, uh, Chris is going to speed my voice up during the auctioneer part. It's going to be really cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's going it's to be very careful, but very cool. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, coming up next, our blind taste test. Now on to our blind taste test. This is our segment where we make each other taste things. And it's been very exciting every time we do it. It's probably my favorite part of the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I like the rest of the podcast. very informative and everything. But this is just fun. This is real fun. Um, I'm really excited to try your beer, Chris. Um, it only makes sense to do this beer first before what, I've, what I am presenting to the table. Yes. Um, so it sounded like it came out of a can. It did come out of a can. Uh, 16 ounce. Uh, yes. Very, very fruit forward. Got some good lacing. Uh, kind of smells, uh, grapefruity. I mean, tangerine. More tangerine. Yeah, very, very clean, not very opaque. Yes. Down hatch. Down hatch. You said this is one of your favorite beers? No, no, no. no. Oh. I've never had this before. Oh, okay, okay. But I'm happy to, to find this and bring it to us. Yeah, um, 
It's good. Um, IPA, I'd say 7%. We're looking at 8%, actually. <laughs> it's not just an IPA. Something else going on here. Is this supposed to be a milkshake IPA? Not a milkshake IPA. Not a milkshake. Um, would this be... Think about our first blind taste test. Old Bust Head Certain Swagger. No, it is not Old Bust Head Certain Swagger. Ah! <laughs> It's not Old Bust Head, though. No, not Old Bust Head. This is coming from Hampton Roads. Okay. Um, I'm pretty sure I listed the breweries, one of the ones that'll be at the Battle of the Brews. Or... Uh, it's Hampton Roads. Yes. Is it Williamsburg? It is not Williamsburg. All right, all right, all right. Cool, cool. Cool, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, 16 ounce can, you say? Uh, would this be maybe Commonwealth? Nope, it is not Commonwealth. Cool. Cool, all right. All right, Chris. All right, Chris, that's cool. Uh, this is interesting. Um, this is very interesting. That's why when I saw it, I'm like, oh, we, we have to try this. Wasserhund. Uh, not Wasserhund. Wasserhund. Not either. Not Wasserhund. Oh, man. Um, this isn't Tradition Brewing Company. This is not Tradition Brewing. This is not Continental Divide. Uh, sorry this is not more exciting for you at home. Uh, this is very exciting for me because now, now I get to... This is a real challenge. Um, Southside? It is in Southside, yes. It is on the Southside. Um, this be something from Benchtop, right? Not Benchtop. Oh, Chris. You're really challenging me here. I, I, I feel um, I have to, because you you're very good at this. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, six ounce can, not far soon. Not, um, uh, readily available in stores. Uh, I'm guessing you purchased it from a store up here. Yes, it did. 16 ounce. Young Vets doesn't do any. Bottle, doesn't do any cans, they just do bottles. Um, yes, it does. Uh, smart Mouth? Not Smart Mouth. Ah, this is good. Yeah, that this is good. I don't want to give up yet. I don't want to give up. Oh, good, good. I will confirm they will be I confirming for sure they're at the 757 Battle of Beers. Okay. All right, cool. Cool, all right. All right, cool. Um, you are challenging me. Yes. Uh, is this Seal Can? This is not seal again. Oh my god, the rage, the rage. I want I want to be um River Beach? Not River Beach. Oh man. <laughs> I'm murder someone now. I'm feeling the rage. Uh, uh it's no. not Oozle Finch. Not Oozle not, not New Realm. Not New Realm. O'Connor? Ding ding ding. O'Connor! Uh heavy footer. Not the heavy footer. Okay. Um Alright. Um Guapo is not that high of ABV. Um, and it's not. You can taste that it's not. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have the agave-ness. Um, I'm trying to think what they put out this, this time of year. I could do it. I'm not going to go look at the website. Because uh, I can do this. It's not Heavy Footer Double IPA. Um, would you say it's a newer offering from them? Maybe a Spy Hop? Uh, let me let me double check. This isn't Spy Hop. Spy Hop's a no. session yeah, IPA. Yeah, this, this is not Spy um, Hop. It's Session White IPA. I am sorry, Liz Poplowski, if you ever listen to this podcast, that I was not aware of the product six months after my restaurant closed. Because, uh, it, yeah, it's not, it can't, this can't be a year round. Or is it? I think so. No, 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 no. It's, they, only, they only do the four, the four or five year rounds. It's not Nor- Oh, God, it's not Norfolk Canyon. Um... I give. I give. Okay, this is the Double Trouble Root 
IPA. I would have never guessed this. I would have never, ever, ever guessed this. Um, yeah. Offered in a can, 16-ounce can. This is... I've, I've never heard of I this. I can't even find it on the website, actually. But this is definitely O'Connor, because it says it on the can. Okay. Uh, it's got a, it's got a untapped. Yeah, um, it's definitely untapped. Oh, my God. I, yeah. Whoever's doing O'Connor's graphics for yeah, yeah, stuff, um, I do love you. This is... It's, they've had so many this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it says it's it's currently on tap at Paul's Deli. Um, I was there this past weekend. I did not see it. The one in Newtown. I did Newtown drinking the other day. I hate Newtown drinking. But yeah, it's got it's got some cool scores. Uh, some cool scores. So yeah, Brute IPA. Um, style's been catching on. Um, I almost... Almost had a brewed IPA a few weeks ago. Well, I, I had a brewed IPA the first first week. That was the Rogue Rouge. Okay. So that's that. That was a reference to the first blind taste test. Okay. Nice, dry, effervescent. I I want to say I'm unfamiliar. I haven't had a brewed IPA that's this high in ABV. Like usually, I see them on the lower end. But you know, it's using brute sparkling, so it should be yes. should be big. Um, All right. Cool, cool, cool. So now we're going to what you have to offer. Yes. Um, so this and this skirts the line. This skirts the line. Skirts the line. But uh, is this is this Maine, Virginia? Yes. That's the line. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh! You say it's the line now. Um, okay. So this this could be one of these. We have a facility in Virginia, but we're not primarily from Virginia. Maybe. I, we'll find out. We'll find out. We'll find out. I haven't had this before. Oh, wow. That is over-the-top sweetness on the nose. <laughs> right. That is pineapple coming at you. It's... <laughs> ooh. Ooh. Ooh, wow. This... This is cider. No. No. You could call it a cider. I mean... It's... It's, you know... It's, it's right on the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very citrus, very citrusy, very fruity. Like yeah. cannot cannot underplay the the fruit. Yeah, no, this is so. <clears throat> where in Virginia, like general general region, I'd say. Like, are we north northern Virginia? Or are we? Oh, uh, Hampton Roads. Hampton Roads. Hampton Roads. Um, it did come out of a can, as you did heard the pop. Yes. Um, I believe it is offered in both twelve and sixteen ounce cans. Okay. Maybe just say. Are we talking peninsula or south side? Uh, we're talking peninsula. Peninsula. We're talking peninsula. Okay. So this from a can. From a can. From the peninsula. This is. I want to say. This from Oozlefinch. No, 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 no. No. Could be because I've, I've tried some pretty fruity stuff at Oozlefinch. Yes. If we're if we're which they just celebrated the third anniversary. Um, happy. Cheers to them. Cheers to them. Or second anniversary. Second anniversary. Maybe I hosted one of their first beer dinners. That's all I know. Uh, third anniversary on Newsel Finch. Just celebrated this past weekend. Good for them. Oof. This is... Ooh. Not a whole lot of subtlety behind this point. No, this is... This is one I will say I've wanted to do since the beginning of the program. Since we started this program. Uh, a beer person who I respect was shocked at how so, refreshing... She found this. Yeah, well, this is what? 
I'd get like pineapple, maybe some tangerine pear, maybe? None of those fruits are correct. <laughs> my, my tongue is useless. No, 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 it's fine. It, again, watermelon to brew IPA to this. Yeah, we, I have put my tongue It is it. not. They work out. This has not been easy. This is a challenging week for us. Yeah, okay, so we're talking potential out. We knew poor news? Negative. Negative. Captain? Negative. This is Williamsburg? Correct. Oh my. This is coming from. Wanted to do this. This is coming from Aleworks? Negative. Negative. Virginia Beer Company then? Negative. Okay. Oh, that's negative for the microphone that I was coming. Yeah. That's all right. You come in loud and clear. <laughs> uh, oof. This brass cannon? Negative. All right. Please. Billsburg? Negative. Okay. I'm front of breweries in Williamsburg. Unless this oh, is... Oh, Chris. No, you haven't. <laughs> oh, is this uh, precarious? Negative. All right. I, 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 you I, haven't, Chris. You haven't. And that's what's so beautiful. You're not looking. You're, you're so close. You're so close. You're behind the curtain. We discuss them often on the program. I am drawing a blank. They're, they're pretty big. This is an Anheuser-Busch product. Affirmative. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Are you ready? Are yeah. You ready? Let's... So you are consuming Natural Light Natter Days, a sessionable light lager brewed with phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor uh, that is perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. A Virginia beer brewed in Williamsburg that... Doesn't taste like Natty Lights. True, does not taste like, like, like Natty I mean, the sweetness overpowers everything. Yeah, it just kind of tastes like a. It's a tastes like a. It light tastes like a jolly lemonade. It's like a blended a Jolly Rancher into. Yes, this is water. Yeah, um, it's four point two percent ABV. Uh, currently tracking a three point two four on Untapped, which I know some very good breweries. That run 3.2s on some of their products. So, yeah. Can't all be bad. Uh, so, yeah, one of the same beer person who was shocked by the H2 Ops or Hops 2 or 2 Hops. Um, we'll, we'll, H2 we'll, Hops. We'll find the. Maybe H2 Ops, like H2O. H2 Ops. We will, we will find the correct pronunciation. Yeah. Um, she was the one. She posted on Facebook. She was like, I don't care what. Crushable gozes and triple IPAs you're drinking this summer. Um, this isn't bad. This will lead to a bad, bad hangover. Oh, yeah. I would not... I could accidentally drink more than one, and there would be regrets. There, there, the, this will punish you. Not by the alcohol. By the sugar. I swear to God, if you are outside drinking this bad boy... Hold on, I'm curious. This is it. I saved the can. You know what? This is also the kind of beer that you can you can put ice in, and it wouldn't really ruin it. It's already four. Don't mind me. I'm just walking around. I'm wondering if they put the calories on their individual cans of natural lights. Um, that's gonna be a big negative, Ghost Rider. Okay. Uh, so the can is uh, bespeckled in uh, lawn flamingos. If you're curious. Um, I didn't know it was called Natter Days. I thought Natter Days was just part of the advertising that they had started. Again, we started this program early early in the summer. Yes. And from the first episode, I've wanted to do this beer. Yes. This light 
Well, there. yeah, we, we the idea, the genesis of this this podcast started on Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, uh, and I want to say it was shortly. It might have been that night that we, that you first discussed the podcast that I came across a Facebook post from Shannon, and she was like, "I'm embracing my inner Floridian, and you should too." Um, so yeah. We forget that Anheuser-Busch um, is also a yes. local producer of beer. Um, I, I like these gentle reminders. Oh, okay. I enjoy these gentle reminders. Um, your alternate uh, would have been a uh, Devil's Backbone beer. Um, that Another <laughs> Anheuser-Busch product. Yes. Um, but, so yeah, those are your... Uh, it was... It was something that I might try later tonight. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you what it is, but uh, it's it's not it's not Natterdays. Not Natterdays. Not Natterdays. Oh, God. Well, I thank you for yeah. thank you for indulging me on the stream of, of featuring natural light Natterdays on the program. Yes. Uh, I'm gonna make sure that makes the notes. Yes. yes. Uh, and I think <laughs> on that note. <laughs> That will be the end of today's high gravity session. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we we will be back next week. Yeah, we should be back. Next Sorry week. for the delays. Yeah, life happens. We're things happen, but we know I, I, we bring it back. Yeah, yeah. Usually we'll be there. Yeah, when we miss a week, we we bring it back. To, we bring back what we've done to bring it to you. You're to make you part of our lives. Yeah, uh, and yeah, we've. Uh, Got some cool things coming up eventually. Um, yes. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matthew Black. I'm Chris Darum. This has been the High Gravity Session.